I mean, do we think we're so great that we need to have the full beginning to end plan revealed to us by God before we say yes and have faith and trust in him? Because far greater people than us in salvation history have said yes on far less information. Man, right before I hit record, I just got ketchup in my eye. It's so, oh my gosh, it's so painful. Well, at least I have hindsight. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 193. If it's your first time joining us, we start every episode with a dad joke, so I hope you enjoyed that. And if you didn't get it, maybe rewind and listen again. Sometimes we have to do that with dad jokes. But, so glad that you're with us, and if it is your first time listening... Please make sure you rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening because it helps other people find it. If you like it, they might also. But the best way you can share this podcast and help other people find it is to tell them personally about it. Share it with your friends and family. You can share it on social media and tag us at Mana Food for Thought, all spelled out on Instagram. You can find all that information on our social media and how to get in contact with us at our website, manafoodforthought.com or manafft.com. And while you're there, click on the subscribe button, and for free, you can get our weekly psalm reflection emailed right to you every Wednesday morning. And if you feel so inclined, you can also click on the give button and contribute financially to the cost of this podcast, because it does cost money to host, and we want to keep providing it for free. So if you do that, you become a patron, and patrons get perks. And I pray for you, and I'm so grateful for all of you who are patrons and all of you who are listening first time or long time. It's so great to be with you. Let's get into our episode. Well... Let's get into first our joy junk and Jesus. So <clears throat> my joy, there's been a lot of joy this week. Uh, my daughter was in the annual Christmas play at school. She got to be an angel in the nativity story and she did a great job. Um, and I, we got to go up to the mountains uh, to my in-laws house um, and to then celebrate my side of the family uh, Christmas with my sister and brother-in-law and my parents and my niece all at my sister's house up in the mountains. And so that was a lot of joy uh, to be able to see both sides of the family, the immediate family, and spend the weekend with them. Uh, that was really great. So yeah, a lot of good stuff this weekend. My junk is that um, there's just so much to do. Not, I'm not so much Christmas stuff. Like I, I think I'm really good about like pacing myself during the Advent season spiritually. And we try and get shopping done before Advent even starts and get our like Christmas card pictures taken and all that situated before all that starts, just so we can enjoy the the lead up to Christmas and go see lights and drive around with the kids to different experiences and really enjoy it. But <clears throat> baby number three is due in probably about six weeks. You know, baby number three will be here. And I'm trying to anticipate all of the things around that time that are going to be happening that I'm not going to have time to work on then that I want to get work done on uh, over break. Um, from, you know, school and all the other things going on where I have some downtime from ministry. So there's a lot kind of piling up on my list to do over the next few weeks. And so um, just pray for me. I'm sure it'll all get done. I'm not really too worried about it, but uh, it is a lot. So yeah. And then my Jesus moment, um, Katie, my friend and coworker and I, we got to build a uh, kind of a photo wall for uh, the Christmas masses here at St. Tim's. And I love working with my hands and doing woodwork. Uh, I've mentioned before, my we had a, like a little wood shop in my basement growing up, and my dad and I would build things together. 
And so I love being able to do that. And so I, I don't know, it was just a gift to kind of do that with Katie and to spend some time working with my hands and, and things like that. And then I got to lead worship for um, our youth ministry this past week, um, which I haven't been able to to do um, a lot recently is lead worship. And so I was very grateful to do that. It felt very prayerful and anointed, at least for me. I really needed it and wanted to worship the Lord. And I felt like I was able to. So it was a really great uh, opportunity to do that. So hope you're having opportunities to pray and worship and spend some time doing the things that you love in the midst of this uh, Advent season and not just getting caught up in the busyness of all the things related to Christmas, but really being able to enter in with family. Um, With all that being said, let's get into our episode. We are looking at the second reading, as we always do for this upcoming Sunday, which is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And it is the shortest uh, fourth Sunday week of Advent that you can possibly have because (laughs) it is also Christmas Eve. So uh, we only have one day in the fourth week of Advent. And that's this Sunday. And the second reading comes from Romans chapter 16, verses 25 to 27. Now, Romans is only 16 chapters long, so this is the very last chapter of Romans. Paul is wrapping up here his uh, his theological treatise, basically you could call it, to the church in Rome, which was a culturally divided church between Jews and Gentiles that was dealing with different um, difficulties of cultural expression of faith, trying to become united in message. And so Paul is very clear about the theology of being justified by Jesus Christ and by faith in him alone that is uh, through grace working itself out uh, in love and that um, the works of the law, the old Jewish law, are no longer needed. And so he ends um, kind of um, helping them to see that this is something that, you know, they couldn't have known before and this is something that God uh, is now choosing to reveal at this time and to have the flexibility to respond to that. So, Uh, here is what Paul writes to the church in Rome. He says, Brothers and sisters, to him who can strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings and according to the command of the eternal God, made known to all nations to bring about the obedience of faith, To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, you've got to love St. Paul uh, using one sentence for an entire reading here. Um, He is the king of run-on sentences. I'm going to petition that he becomes the patron saint of run-on sentences because he's very good at it. But it probably reads a lot more eloquently and easy to understand in the original biblical Greek. But what he's essentially saying here. <clears throat> is that um, everything, everything is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it was Paul's presentation of that revelation to them that they need to pay attention to. And yes, it was kept secret or not revealed for a long time, but it has now been revealed through the prophets and through the manifestation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And so he's saying, to him be all glory forever and ever. Always remember that it's for his glory. It's not about ourselves, the works that we do. It's not about the old covenant and the old law justifying us. This is about Jesus. But I love these two phrases where he says, according to my gospel and kept secret for long ages. God reveals things over time. You know, this idea of it's kept secret for long ages is it wasn't, it wasn't like God was playing coy with us. It's just like a parent teaches something to their child that 
When you're revealing something to your children, you have to break it down for them at a childlike level. And then as they get older, you can talk more in detail about the things they couldn't have understood when they were younger. And Jesus, or God, revealed his plan of salvation for us in that same way. When he first chose a people for himself in the covenant with Abraham, he did so by um, journeying with them and then when he comes and gives Moses the law, he does it in a very black and white basic way. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Which is why he used to spell it out in so many different laws. But when that faith matures over time and people are finally ready and receptive to the Messiah and Jesus comes, he completely transforms our perception of this law. He doesn't change it, but he fulfills it and he deepens our understanding in such a way that it can be summarized in love God and love your neighbor. And so this idea that things are kept secret until the proper time, I think that's something that we can really glean a lot from in our own discernment and our own relationship with God is that he does not give us the whole picture up front. You know, I don't know what it is that you're praying for, what it is that you're hoping for in your own life or longing for, the desires of your heart that you feel have not yet been fulfilled. But I know full well that the Lord has a, a perfect plan already in mind for those things. That God, he's writing a grand story with your life. But we are not called to skip to the last page and see how it ends. We're called to enjoy the book. Because even if we did skip to the last page, we would have no idea how we got there. We would still need to be present to the story as it's being written by God through us and in us. He does not give us the whole picture up front. He didn't give it to anyone in salvation history. You know, when he told Abraham, go take your son Isaac, whom you love, up to this mountain that I will show you and sacrifice him. Abraham had faith that God would do something, that he would deliver them, that he would, um, there would be purpose and goodness that came out of this. He knew that, and that's why he was faithful. When God told Moses, who wasn't confident in his own abilities, to go and speak to Pharaoh, he did. He didn't, he didn't know that there would be plagues. He didn't know that there would be an exodus in 40 years wandering in the desert to the promised land. He just was faithful. When God spoke to Mary through the angel Gabriel and said, you will be the one, you will be the one to give birth to the Savior. There wasn't a step-by-step playbook about how that was going to go down, about how she was going to overcome the gossip and the potential persecution of having a child not by her husband or by her betrothed, who was legally her husband at that time. And yet she said yes. There's no difference with you and I. I mean, do we think we're so great that we need to have the full beginning to end plan revealed to us by God before we say yes and have faith and trust in him? Because far greater people than us in salvation history have said yes on far less information. Deuteronomy 29, 28 says, The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things are for us and for our children forever to observe all the words of this law. We are meant to focus on what God has revealed to us, what God has promised, what God has spoken, the truth that he has revealed. And we're meant to understand that and learn it, be formed in it, and be faithful to it. And in doing so, that will help us discern new questions, new situations, and it will help us be reminded of God's faithfulness, that he is at work even when we don't see you know, you've probably heard this many times before, but the, the most repeated command in the Bible is do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not doubt in the Lord's ability to provide for you. But the second most commanded phrase in the Bible is remember. Remember. Remember how God has worked in the past. This is why it was so important to study the Old Testament for young Jewish boys and girls. Not so much that they would memorize the entire law. Some of them were able to do that. But also so they would hear these stories of faithfulness and faithlessness. And they would be able to see the direct consequences that resulted from being faithful to God or turning away from him. That they would learn from the example of those who had gone before them about the faithfulness of God and what happens when we are faithful to God and what destruction awaits us when we turn away from God and we turn away from our purpose. God does not reveal everything up front. Otherwise, faith would be easy. Faith would be a sure thing. But faith is risky. Faith requires we trust and surrender in a God who has proven himself on the pages of Scripture and in the events of salvation history time and time again, but who we also cannot tangibly see or experience in the same way we might be able to scientifically study another person or a place or a thing. And yet, God is more real, more present than anything that we can observe or study or see. So, what is God doing in and through your life? And how can you have the patience to recognize he is revealing his grace and abundance to you over time as he has always done because it is for your good, for your benefit, to enjoy the grand story of your life that he is writing and not skip to the last page and neglect to see how we got from point A to point B. And that's why it's so important, I think, to be present to what God is doing in our life and to reflect back on what he has done, to not just remember the stories of salvation history and of scripture, but to remember how God has been faithful before in our own lives and will be faithful again. And so when Paul says, according to my gospel, he's emphasizing like, this is what God has done in my life. This is my good news. And you, brothers and sisters, you have your own good news. You have your own examples about how God has been faithful and how he is revealing abundance over time. And it's a benefit for you to remember that, but it's also of incredible benefit for others to hear that from you and to know that because God may not be tangible and present to people in a very palpable way that they can observe and see plainly, but you are tangible and present in the lives of other people and you can be the voice of God. You can be the presence of God proclaiming his faithfulness and goodness to those who need to hear it. You don't need to have all the answers. You can share your good news, your gospel, your story of what Jesus Christ has done in your life and how he's proven to be faithful. So how can you share your story thus far with others instead of jumping ahead to obsess about your own personal conclusion? Because you are not the main character in this story of salvation history. You are a background character contributing to this grand work of salvation, and so am I. But we each have a unique role to play. And so what is unique about your story? Because brothers and sisters, if you are so focused on the future, you will miss the moments that God is offering you now and you will neglect to reflect on the past to be reminded of how to respond to God now and how to 
anticipate his goodness and abundance in the future so as not to provoke anxiety, but to have peace because you know I can trust in the Lord because he is, has always been, and will always be faithful and good to me. Because look at what he has done. Look at what he has done, not only in my life, but for the salvation of the world. And so I pray, brothers and sisters, that this week you'll reflect on your own gospel. You'll reflect on the ways God has revealed himself, but also the ways that he has not, the ways he is inviting you to wait, the ways he's inviting you to enjoy the grand story of your life that he is writing and not skip to the last page to know the ending, because what fun is there in that? What joy, what emotion, what adventure is there in that? Allow God to take you on this adventure. And brothers and sisters, this Christmas season, especially as you are spending time with loved ones, people you may not see very often throughout the rest of the year, there is a great time and opportunity to share the good news of what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. Simply from someone saying, how are you? How has your week been? To say, I'm doing great. I've been going to Mass at this church and I just really love it. And I've been praying a lot and it's been doing wonders for my life. And the Lord is really at work in my life. And I'm just, I'm so blessed. Thank you so much for asking. How are you? No pressure, no questioning about where they're at, but offering it simply as a point of conversation that if they choose to ask questions about it, if they're desiring that for themselves, they'll respond. But if we don't put it out there, if we don't share our gospel, and if we keep it secret for long ages, then we are not revealing what other people need to hear. Because God, even in his infinite wisdom and mystery, still chooses to reveal at least some things to us. And so we, created in his image and likeness, can do no less than the same. What is your gospel? How can you share it in the coming weeks? Brothers and sisters, that is all I have for you this week. God bless you. Have a merry Christmas and a wonderful Christmas season. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thank you.